Welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where we believe life is in the light, spiritual darkness is the enemy, and finding and following Jesus is the best way to live life. I'm Scott Langhans, your host, joined today by Tanner TD, is what I usually call you, but Tanner Decker. What's up, and everybody? Kyle Kingsley. We're here hanging out the podcast HQ. Uh, I'm fired up today about today's podcast. Fired up. I am. You know, it's one of those days where you just like get excited about something. Oh yeah, oh yeah. for sure. You've you know, been looking forward to it all week, huh? Um, I don't. Yeah, usually I do, but today was just extra special. So mm. hopefully, I just want to. I just love helping people, and so I hope today is helpful for folks. Mm. Uh, I think we can jump into some fun stuff about purpose mm. and truth and God's faithfulness, and I just got fired up about it. Yeah, mm. let's go. And yeah. then sometimes you think like, I don't know how to get all of that out of you. Do you ever get have those moments where you get like, where you have like too much to say, too much you want to get off? Uh, off your chest, out of your mind, and you're like, I don't know how to put all this to words. Right, and then yeah. you try, and you're like, that sounded way better in my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, all yeah. the time. All the time, you're like, it's so clear in here, but I can't, and people just look at you like deer in the headlights. You're like, like, that didn't make any sense. That didn't make any sense. I'll just keep talking, and hopefully it gets better, and mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah. So hopefully it's not that today. Hopefully, hopefully it's not. better than that. Uh, but yeah, just wanted to be helpful today. Heck yeah. There we go. All right. Hopefully we do good on the audio. We're trying a little microphone stand today. You know, just got to love technology working with us and against us sometimes. And but it is working with us. I mean, as much as I like to complain about it, you know, just again, heard from somebody who uh, hasn't been able to join us in person at Mission Church, mm-hmm. and they've been listening in and appreciate it. They kind of mm-hmm. um, uh, started later, so they've been listening to older episodes nice. and tuning in on the live stream, but sent an email about the podcast and said, hey, we're able to, as a couple, tune in and really enjoy this, helping. So that's awesome. Uh, that's fantastic. Always, yeah. So we always appreciate feedback, uh, what God's doing in you, how He's using this uh, to help you grow, help you get connected to Him, uh, and ultimately help you uh, follow Him. So any feedback is appreciated. Let us know. Hit us up. Is that what you say, Tanner? Help me out here. What are the I, What are the cool kids, the young kids say? Hit me up. Do I we never still say that? Right. Like, just what, let me know. That's what you say? I, I, that's what I say. Or just like, let me know. Tell me later. That's what people under 25 are using these days? Because I feel like that's, that's what we've always used. That's, <laughs> dude, I'm not in time with, the, uh, <laughs> with my generation of slang. Really? No, not at all. But do you, are you aware? Do you know? Like, A not little that bit. you use it. A but little bit. What do kids say? Do they say, just let me know? That sounds like what my dad says. No, they'd probably say, like, hit me up. But that's when they're like, Oh, trying to usually when they're like trying to get a date or something like that. Like, slide into the DMs, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, slide yeah. Slide into, into the DMs. DMs. That's another one. I feel like that's your generation, though. The mm-hmm. Slide into the DMs. No. Like the early I mean, 30s. my yeah, young my yeah, sure. Man, does this mean we're all too old since we have no idea? I guess so. We're, we're just out of touch. I didn't think I was getting old. I was like, yeah, I'm still 20. I'm young, and then got yeah, hired wait, time here. Out, time out. I'm still 20. I'm Is still it, okay. 23 in my 20s yeah there you go like i'm in my 20s i was like yeah i'm still super young and then working with more youth stuff i'm like wow i'm really old apparently i (laughs) i'm already outdated yeah you're you're an adult you like graduated college have a job a car yeah so we were doing kyle you don't know this but we were doing uh tanner and i were doing a little youth day work uh day here at the building cleaning out our um outside storage with semi-trailers and 
I don't know, there's 25 youth students. The first one, yeah, yeah, a lot of students. A lot of students. So we're just trying to keep them busy, keep them rolling. We're moving stuff over to next door. There's some storage units and throwing stuff away. And a bunch of high school kids. And we had a couple of vehicles to transport stuff from the trailer over to the storage unit uh, into long-term storage. And we had your, your truck, Kyle. You left your truck. And you gave the keys to Tanner and I, responsible adult-type people. And so I was trying to organize and distribute the workload and keep people moving because uh, we didn't want a bunch of students standing around. We got all this horsepower, like, let's get it going. Mm-hmm. So I figured it's literally through the parking lot. You don't have to get on a street anywhere to go from our, our semi-trailer to the long-term storage unit. And I thought, oh, we'll load it up. I'll keep directing. Surely one of these high school kids <laughs> could drive over. And I said, and I walked up to like a group of 10 of them. I said, who does Kyle trust to drive his truck? <laughs> was my question. <laughs> Through a parking lot. Like, you don't even have to put a seatbelt on. All of them looked at me like, not me, not me, not me. <laughs> and then one of them goes, well, I have a permit. Yeah. I'm like, this is the group. And then, all, and then they all kind of figured it out at once, and they said, well, Taylor just got his license. He's probably the best one. I I'm think like, Taylor's the only, like, high school guy, at least. Because yeah, it was guys, just a group of guys. Yeah, yeah it was like girls. Their license. Yeah, their license yeah. yeah, it was a bunch of dudes. And... And I go, Taylor's our best option? Because I've heard of him how he failed, like, his driver's test, and his dad and I were talking. I'm like, he's – I'm like, well, he's out. We're not – I'll just drive the truck. <laughs> not, Probably a good idea. I'm not trusted – these guys don't trust themselves. I'm not going to yeah. trust yeah. – yeah. Anyway. That's why in the meeting the other day, Tanner needed to borrow another truck. And Craig's like, you could borrow mine. I'm like, I was like you should probably just borrow mine. It's a lot crappier. Yeah. We're good. I don't want to risk like breaking yeah. the nice truck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, my truck's already broken all over the place. The students from the last workday already broke my tailgate. I'm like, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Well, There's scratches. That's kind of what I thought we'd... And then they gave me the look like, uh, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm like, probably well, it's definitely not, not a good idea. Because I can think of probably all 10 of those students. Yep. And they were probably... They probably self-identified very well in that moment. They did. Yeah. But then I thought, what's, what's the deal with this generation? Like, I don't get it. I... I couldn't wait to get my license. Be responsible. Mm. That phrase in and of itself made you sound really old. Yeah. What's the deal with this generation? I know. <laughs> These darn youngins. Somebody's got to say it. It's my turn. Now yeah, it's this my is turn. like you the other this day. If you didn't hear Scott speak the other day about your when you were talking about holes in jeans. Yes. That was another phrase that made you sound holes ancient. In jeans. Like. Oh yeah. I'm with you though. We have a lot of students that don't get their license mm-hmm. in a hurry. They're they're they don't. Yeah, I don't. I never understood that. I, I was in the either. same boat. Like, I can't wait to get my license. Right? I got my permit like 15 and a half. Yeah. And yeah. And I think I, I got, maybe got my license on my birthday or the day. Like, mm. I, yeah, I wanted it. Yeah. yeah. And I know I'm not saying the whole generation of that particular group. I'm <laughs> like, what's the deal? Let's, like, aren't we hungry to get after some stuff in life and mm-hmm. go do something? Like, make life happen to you? Yeah, they just nope. jump in Taylor's car. I guess, I guess, granted, thinking about that group of guys, I don't know how many of them are actually also old enough. To get their license. Only only a couple of them are old enough to get their license. Okay. The other guys are a All little right. bit lo- younger. Like Guy and JT, they're yeah. just uh they're still freshmen in high school, I think. Okay. So they don't they're not even old enough. Maybe they, they might be sophomores. At least be sophomores. Might be sophomores. Yeah. I, I did not know all of their ages, you're correct. Yeah. I, so I could be presuming a bit there. But anyways, I was just anyways, fired up about it. Old people. Old people stuff. I don't know, maybe. Maybe that's me now. That's what I say. I did those jeans that have holes in them that I wear. I did put them on, I think, yeah, yesterday. 
yeah, my foot came through where the hole is. In oh the yeah, knee. you gotta yeah, be rip careful. Rip that sucker a little bit bigger. <laughs> yep. And then later in the day, my wife was like, "Hey, what's what's up with your jeans? Because it was a little too far." I was like, "Yeah, couldn't quite get yeah. my leg." Every time I put my, my feet through, I gotta be like, go to the side and maneuver around the hole so you don't rip them even more. You have pants Whoops. with holes in them too? Oh yeah, dude. I'm. Hip, I don't dude. even. We're I don't cool. even have those kind of pants. I've never liked those pants. They're just too I cool. I don't think they. Look you good. are way too old for 23. It sounds like. Yeah, I don't get why people buy. It's like the joke: do you pay extra for those holes in your pants. The right. less pay, fabric. Yeah, do you yeah. pay more for less pants? Less pants, pay more, get less. I don't know if that's a good store to start or not. Nope. But anyways, we're uh, looking at John's eyewitness account of following Jesus, and we're uh, at this point in the story of Jesus being arrested. And so, if you tune with uh, tuned in recently, we talked about it last week. Um, how the disciples wanted to push back and say, no way, you're not taking Jesus. But Jesus was surrendering to the Father's will. And so we're picking it up in John 18. And I was just struck, and, we, and you guys can talk about whatever, but I was just struck again by just how much is going on in the moment. They don't really realize what's happening. It's only because we sit where we sit today with history and hindsight mm-hmm. and the and the full revelation of God's story recorded for us. Like the disciples going through the moment, you just, like for me, I, you know, you look back, you go, oh, I get what happened in life in that stage. You just don't get it fully in the moment. Um, but there's this, there's this uh, prophetic word that once Jesus gets arrested, he gets taken to um, first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year, and so Annas is like the, the ex-high priest. And so um, he's kind of like the, the, well, we should take him to him first. He's not technically in charge, but he's still around, so he's kind of in charge. It's kind of one of those situations. So um, they take it to him first and, and gets questioned. But Caiaphas, it says in verse 14, Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews, and this is earlier, that it would be good if one man died for the people. And I love how John picks that up later when he's writing that. Mm-hmm. He recorded that uh, in back in chapter, uh, uh, what was that? Really? Chapter 11. And he just has this prophecy was they're talking about. It's like, hey, because Jesus was causing trouble. And he said it in the context of like, hey, wouldn't it be better if we just got rid of this one guy so that everybody would like settle down and mm-hmm. we would preserve the peace that we have going on in our nation? So he says it without knowing like how true his statement is mm-hmm. in the sense of, well, it wouldn't be better if one man died for all. Uh, which is what Jesus did to pay for the sin of all people. Mm-hmm. He's just not referring to that. And I love that John records that, that nugget that, that if you just kind of quick read or don't have uh, that scope of the story of what's going on, you kind of can breeze by that and go, mm-hmm. okay, cool, we'll just, what's, what happens next? But yeah. such a powerful truth that happens hmm. and that God uses Caiaphas to, like, speak this prophetic word and this truth that's there, and he doesn't even really realize how true it is. Yeah, he gets this message, but then he's trying to, him and the other uh, Jewish leaders are trying to, like, fulfill it themselves by their own means, kind of. They're they're saying, like, oh, this was the prophecy, and they're kind of, like, misinterpreting what it's supposed to mean. And, yeah, it still it still leads to the good that God had planned for it, but it's, uh, it's just interesting how... They have this wrong interpretation, but still God is, like, using that as what is bringing the good. Yeah, the depth of what's going on, Scott, like you talked about, I had that same thought. Even in last week when there's, I'm in this chaotic scene, this kind of, like, like you referred to it, 
big epic kind of movie moment, right? Like this big yeah. epic Star Wars. Star Wars or I had the whole parallel going. Yeah, uh-huh. Um You're still loving it. I can hear yep, it in your voice. For sure. The depth of what's <laughs> going on. So even here, I think about this a lot in this in this chunk of scripture with the Jewish people and what they thought they were going what they thought they were doing. Right. And what like Tanner, like you referenced, what it's actually fulfilling. And it, again, it's easy to, for us to look back and go, how could they read, you know, even their Hebrew scriptures and these prophecies about Jesus and what they said, and then still be the ones who crucified Jesus and ultimately fulfilled those pro- prophecies, but doing it in a way that they thought they were getting a, getting rid of the bad guy, right? Like that's their whole thought is this, yeah. this crazy blasphemer, troublemaker, troublemaker, you know, weirdo who's ruining our religion, let's kill him. They're actually fulfilling the prophecy that their religion has for thousands of years referenced and pointed to. Mm-hmm. So like you say, it's, it's kind of crazy, deep spider's web, if you will. Yeah, because they, they, I mean, Jesus had a following that was growing and growing and growing. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just like, here's one lunatic out in the corner by himself and nobody's paying attention to him. Like, all of culture was shifting mm-hmm. and how Jesus was treating people and advocating for like women and children particularly um, was changing all of culture. And people were starting to like sit up and take, pay attention and go, oh, mm-hmm. maybe this way of Jesus and what he's saying that he's from God, maybe this is better than what our religious leaders have been saying. Yeah. But I just, John, John captures that, like he sees that. And I don't know, that was just speaking to me um, this week where I just don't want to miss what God's doing in the moment in my life. That I don't want to just breeze by and it's always a hindsight thing. Mm, mm-hmm. That, yeah, stuff is clear, but I just want to be more in tune, more aware. We had a vision night on Sunday night where we just spent more time as a larger community gathered and praying together and asking God, you know, surrendering ourselves more to him and just having from fresh vision for 2021 in our lives. And I'm just like, okay, God, let me open my eyes to, like, what you're doing um, in my life and today and Wednesday and uh, with my my neighbors and with my family and um, just just don't want to miss out on these moments that are going through uh, and just just kind of be normal you know but I want to be mm-hmm. I want to be different I want to see what God sees uh, in these moments hmm. that's a good word so so let's jump in so this is a kind of a familiar section. Um, if you're familiar with the story, and I, I kind of had a different thought today, too, on it, I think, than I normally do. But uh, so Jesus gets arrested. So the heat, the heat is on. Is that how you'd say that? Like the heat is on. It's going down. It's, it's going down. It's, it's going, going down. down. It's about to go down. It's, it's, like, going a, it's like where the this is the movie climax. Like you thought everything was good. And then, boom, they got busted. Jesus gets arrested. The band breaks up. Everyone scatters. And then Peter and another disciple, could be John? I don't know. So two dudes, they kind of sneakily follow Jesus as he's getting arrested. And they went to, uh, to the courtyard area for the high priest. And Peter had to wait outside the door. The other disciple apparently knew the high priest really well and got like VIP in. He's got the backstage pass, mm-hmm. yeah. but then he has to go and go, hey, come on, can you let my buddy in too? He doesn't have a backstage pass, but... He knows a guy. Yeah, flashed flashed the badge, yeah. slipped him the hundo. Uh-huh. I don't know. I've never mm-hmm. gotten it. Like had to go into one of those places. Oh really? No. I snuck into a few back doors in in my you know gig days back in the day. Really? Oh yeah. Really? You know the band, and, and you, just, you don't want to pay the five dollar cover charge. Yeah. And they're like, 
you, or you help load the gear with them. You, mm-hmm. you carried an amp. Kinda, oh yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I, I have got the it. guitar. I got the guitar. My my favorite story. A buddy in in college. He was from uh, Denver. His name's Chris, and he. I think he found a jacket. I think he found it at a. Uh, Goodwill, a thrift store of some kind, or he stole it. I'm not sure what exactly, but he ended up with one of the Broncos Stadium security jackets. It's like a bright yellow jacket no said way. security. So he, at home games, he would just throw it on, wander over to like the security entrance, and go in with that on and get into the games. And, and then that's take, all it took was a and jacket. All, they didn't no have any kind of like nothing yeah, like a card, like oh, a I don't know ID. <laughs> that's what he said. The story was he would sneak in. And he said, "Oh yeah, I've been to a bunch of games." And this was like late '90s, so security is a little different nowadays True. after 911. I was gonna so. say pre 911 security yeah. was just a little so bit this was bit. like, but he would just sneak in and go to games and you know act like a security guard. I don't yeah. I was always now you can just order that on Amazon, the security <laughs> shirt, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no." They'd be like, "Get out of here!" Yeah. Yeah. Now they're going to make you do a retinal scan yeah. or something. But anyway, so so they get in the courtyard, they're hanging around a fire pit, and Jesus had predicted what was going to happen in Peter's life. Mm-hmm. That hey, the heat's going the heat's going down. What did we say the phrase was? The heat's on. It's going down. It's going down. Um, and Peter's like, "I'm going to follow you, Jesus, to you know forever." My, I'm going to surrender my life. Like, you're it. You're totally worth it. And Jesus was like, no. Dude, it's going to get intense. There's going to be a little bit of pushback, a little bit of peer pressure, and you're going to run and deny me. And so here's this first moment where they're hanging around this fire, waiting to see what's happened to Jesus. And um, verse 17, he says, you are not one of his disciples, are you? The girl at the door asked Peter, like this young girl man in the door as the other disciple went to get him. And he replied, nope, nope. not me. Hmm. And he does that three times throughout. And so he's getting questioned. Another one is uh, one of the guys that was in the mob that arrested Jesus. He said, hey, 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 didn't I see you over at the garden? You look like, like totally like one of those guys. He goes, no, that wasn't me. Um, and so, you know, it's a pretty familiar part of the story of Peter's denial and like, dude, how could you do that? And why would you abandon following Jesus? And it's just this like, you know, basic thing where people are like, hey, aren't you a Jesus follower? And we can kind of get going on Peter's part of it. And I would today was struck like, yeah, okay, that's kind of where I started. I'm like, yeah, sure, we do. We need a full surrender to Jesus, regardless of peer pressure and like who are we living for to please ourselves and please, you know, what people's opinion other people or are we genuinely following Jesus mm-hmm. and if we fully surrender to him and it doesn't matter people's opinion it doesn't matter if they're like oh well you're with him you're going to get the same treatment you're going to get arrested and go down the same course um and so I was kind of the, yes that's true absolutely that's our part but then I was reminded too of just the big picture of God's story is it's all about God's faithfulness mm-hmm. and I was I was just encouraged today by like it's not so much about Peter's denial. That is important. Like, we don't, like, if mm-hmm. you're going to be following Jesus, don't deny Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, like, that's the start of the story. God said, I'm going to make man and woman, bless them, and you're blessed. And then what do we do? Not be faithful. We screw it up. Mm-hmm. And then what does God say? Well, I'm still going to be faithful, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make a new covenant, particularly with Abram, Abraham, and I'm going to bless all people. So anybody of faith, I'm going to bless all people through this one man, and I'm going to be faithful, even though Abraham screws up, 
everybody screws up. You know, mm -hmm. Isaac screws up, Jacob, Joseph, like everybody screws up. I screw up, but God's still faithful. Mm -hmm. And the, this is not the end of Peter's story. He's not faithful, but God's still faithful. Mm -hmm. That's the story from the whole thing. And I've been, I've been reading since the beginning of the year, um, the Bible Project, uh, one story that, that leads to Jesus. It's all about Jesus, and it's a great, you know, year-long devotional. I'm just like, man, and they point that out all the time. Like, it's God's faithfulness. That's the, that's the start of the story. That's the whole point of the story. And, yeah, Peter needs to, like, be faithful, but it's more about God's faithfulness mm -hmm. than Peter at this point because Jesus does restore him, and he, you know, it all works out in the end. It's a happy ending, and, you know. Yeah, and what it, Peter's able to do, right, is, as we know in the first century church and all of that, I mean, it's mind-blowing in how influential he was specifically within Judaism, right, to mm -hmm. the same people or same part of the same group of people who were anti what Jesus was doing and what Peter's able to do within that culture. Um, that's a great point, Scott, in just understanding that. Because, you know, I don't know if John records it, the conversation that Jesus has with Peter who, when he tells him that he's going to do this, um, right? Like, uh, hey, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Yeah, that's uh, 1338. Yeah. So, and he's like, and, and again, I, that conversation is, is curious to me because, like, this isn't Peter's first time, you know, having these intense conversations with Jesus where Jesus kind of has to put Peter in his place. Mm -hmm. We see that all throughout the Gospels. Again, we've talked a little bit about it on the podcast, just Peter's brashness, and he's the guy who's going to say what he's thinking, and so sometimes that gets him in trouble or at least gets him in these awkward situations. So I'm wondering what's going through his mind as Jesus is like, hey, like, you're not going to always be faithful, mm -hmm. right? And I think Peter, like any of us, is like, no, 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 Jesus, I love you. Like, I'm going to do the best that I can, and I would never do anything to upset you. And then we find ourselves going, oh, crap. Like, I really blew that one, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I really messed up there. should not have done that. That was stupid. Yeah. And Jesus still going, like, hey, it, I love you. you. You're right. That was dumb. You shouldn't have done that. So it, it, but there's restoration and, and love from God, which is a cool place to look at that yeah it just reminds me of Kyle the phrase that we were when we were talking earlier today on uh, the phrase that you brought up like nothing that um, we do can make God love us any more or any less uh, God already loves us for all that we are for because he's made us he he knits together when we we're in our mother's rooms he loves us so much and there's nothing that we can do no matter what denial we make or the things we screw up in uh, nothing's going to make God love us any less. Yep. At the same time, there's nothing we can do that God's that's going to make God love us even more because yep. he already loves us entirely for who we are. Nothing that we do will ever make God's love greater to us. Which, again, Scott, as you're pointing out, this makes so much more sense to some of the letters that Peter's going to write to people that are explaining that fact about grace and about these things that, like, he experienced it firsthand, mm -hmm. right? And this, you know, this New Testament theology that we get about salvation by faith through grace from Peter and Paul specifically, mm -hmm. um, it makes, it, it brings it so much more to life when you read a story like this and go, yeah, Peter knows that. Like, hey, I wasn't perfect, and I was still loved by my best friend. I was still forgiven. I was still accepted. And he knew I was going to do it before I even do it, and he did it. And it, 
I know I felt his love firsthand and it never it never dipped because I made mistakes and I made them a bunch, yeah. right? And I already knew that he loved me so much I couldn't earn his love anymore. I couldn't like be better. And a lot of these guys tried, you know, like we want to be at the top. We want to be the best disciple. And they're like, nope, it doesn't work that way. Not with Jesus. And so the firsthand experience they have like points that out even even more beautifully, Scott. I wonder if Peter knew it was going to happen. I, this is just kind of a tangent. I don't know how relevant it is. Just knew, had that own self-awareness enough? No, because Jesus tells him, back to John 13, and the other guys recorded too, but Peter's wanting to go. Jesus said, hey, where I'm going to go, you're not going to follow, meaning, hey, I'm going to the cross, I'm paying for the sins, then I'm returning to heaven. Peter's like, well, you're going down the street? He's like, no, I'm not down the street. He's like, you going to next door town? He's like, you have no clue. I'm like, earthly things. You're on earthly things. I'm on heavenly things. So he says, hey, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Like he throws it out there like, I'm all in with you, Jesus. And this is where he says, um, will you really? Will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So it's like tonight. Like, in the next couple of hours, dude. Yeah, we're not even talking about in years down the, the road. Yeah, we're not talking about the rest of your life or when you get old or till you die. Like, no, I'm, next couple hours, you can't even hang with me. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm just curious on, like, Peter going, well, snap, that's going to come true because it's Jesus and he doesn't yeah. lie. So, like, was, where was he at on all of that? Mm -hmm. But or, I was going to say just a little bit on that. What, Yeah, what was Peter thinking? Wouldn't he have even made the connection with his first denial, like, oh, shoot, there's ones. There's okay, one. I got I to be ready for, like, two more coming up. Like, <laughs> I got to stop. There's two more coming quick. Yeah, like, or is he even thinking that, like, in the depth of, not. like, I think a lot of times when we do stupid stuff like that, we're just not even thinking of, like, he's just in self-preservation mode at that yeah. point, right? And, like, not probably afterwards, then he was like, oh, snap. But in the moment, he's like, no. And, you know, it's not this big a deal that I'm just saying this so that I can get to the next level, right? I can get through this next round of people that are questioning me and I don't die. Yeah. Right. And then he realizes... I mean, if oh. you were at a dinner party at a friend's house and then it got raided and your best friend got taken and then you found yourself down at the station in the middle of the night, you wouldn't be thinking, geez, what was our conversation at dinner like? Yeah. You know, you'd just be like, oh my goodness, what's happening? Who should we call? Like, are they okay? Do we need a lawyer? Like... Yeah, you're I thought you were more. asking me if like he got busted if I would be like if I would stand next to him. <laughs> you're gonna put me on blast. Like, no, yeah, I got your back no matter what, man. No, I'll be there. <laughs> All my friends. You text I got me. you. I'll post your bail. I, I'm ain't no snitch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, snitches get stitches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they were like, are the drugs yours? A big oh, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. But I don't hang out with that kind of people, so right. Like your neighbors. Yeah. So. Let's, let's move along. <laughs> But uh, Peter later, you know, giving him credit, he writes a letter, and he says in, in verse 12 of his first letter, uh, where am I at? First Peter 2, 12, live such good lives among the pagans or the people that don't believe in Jesus, you know, like as he's writing this, is he thinking about back to standing next to a fire with people that aren't Jesus followers with some other, you know, this girl at the gate and the people, and he's like having a flashback moment. But he says, live such good lives among pa the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us, on the day he returns. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't, like, who are you living for? Like, it, it doesn't matter. Even if the people who aren't following Jesus are looking at your life going, well, you're, you're doing life wrong. Mm -hmm. But you know you're doing it right because you're following Jesus. And so he, he, he comes around. 
But I just in this moment, I was just struck again, not so much by Peter's failure, but by God's faithfulness mm-hmm. and how the whole story is, oh, yeah, we haven't been faithful as a people and the people that are trying to follow God as best they can through their hearts. And God's like, here's how faithful I am. I will just show up in flesh. And it's not about your good works or your efforts, your religious activities. Mm-hmm. It's about my love and faithfulness. And you know I love you because I'm going to show up and I'm going to live a perfect life and then be the ultimate sacrifice to pay for sin, go to the cross, rise again, and then leave you myself in spirit form that indwells you. And then you go, ah, I don't know if God loves me. Like, yeah, for sure he does. I mean, who, who doesn't love you? If they're going to die for you, they love you. Mm-hmm. And that's how faithful God is. And he's faithful to Peter regardless of what happens here. Um, yeah, like Kyle, you referenced how Peter leads the early church and is fired up stands up and tells people about Jesus in the public square and thousands come to find Christ and follow him. And so it's this ultimately a full surrender by Peter. Yep. And I just think sometimes we can get, we can get stuck here. And then in our own personal stories, we can get stuck on my own failure and my own failure out, sure. outshines God's faithfulness. And you're like, Oh, I can't do it. And I try, you know, I screwed up once and twice. Oh, I screwed up three times. I should just quit. And it's not good. And God can't use me. And so, and we get stuck there, and we, mm-hmm. it's really a, a self-centeredness, a selfishness, I think, when we get stuck and hung up on our own failures, and we don't realize mm-hmm. how big God's faithfulness is and what mm-hmm. God's ultimately trying to do through us. So that's, that's kind of where I was, you know, I guess surprised again today, and I was like, God, I don't want to miss, like, as I go to this podcast moment, I don't want to miss what you're trying to do today. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, how about this? And I was like, oh, that's good. I like that a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Is that just, that was me today. Um, it was really, really cool. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts on that? On the? No, I think that, that wraps up the denial part. Because, again, mm-hmm. that's an easy, easy section to just look over and go, okay, cool. This is just John recording what's happening. We're in the midst of the thing. And then wh- why talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about. You're just trying to throw Peter under the bus, be like, look at what an idiot he was. Yeah. Like, no, there's depth to, again, I think Peter's understanding in relationship with Jesus and mm-hmm. the character of God that we see in that, which is, again, it's easy just to skim over that and, yeah. for, and, and miss out on the depth of what it's telling us about who God is and how God relates to us. Mm-hmm. 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 The other thing I wanted to talk about was, I'm going to fast forward and then we'll rewind, but in verse 38... Jesus gets his, to his third questioning of this time. So he gets questioned by, uh, what, Annas, right? And then Caiaphas. And then he's brought before Pilate, who's not a Jew. And he, Pilate asked Jesus this question. And this is the NIV translation. What is truth? And I don't know if Pilate's asking that, like, genuinely like, because he really wants to know, or if in the moment he's going, "Hey, you're getting falsely accused. What, what, whatever. Like, what's truth? Like, there's a mob out here. Does it really matter? You know exactly what's going down." And so I say that to start there to kind of rewind then, because Jesus is defending himself, and as he's getting questioned, he's back to like verse 20. He says, "I have spoken openly to the world." I was always taught in the synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together and said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. And then some dude hauled off and struck him across the face. 
kind of want to know what happened to that guy. <laughs> like, what'd you do in life? Oh, I slapped Jesus across the face. Hit him. Because he was mouthing. He was mouthing off. Anyways, because um, he was talking sassy to the high priest. And Jesus said, have I said something wrong? Like, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why do you strike me? And so Jesus is bringing up this idea of truth and what is truth. And I've spoke all truth. And so you have no right to slap me across the face. Everything I've said has been out in the open. Everything I've said is true. Like we've talked about earlier, everything that Jesus said is what he hears the Father say. And mm-hmm. he only does and, and says the things that the Father's doing. And he is truth. It's not just he knows about truth or knows some truth. But it's against the character of God to lie. God cannot mm-hmm. lie. He's not a liar. And so everything Jesus said was true. And so we have this big question of like, well, what is true? And they're really driving at the accusation that gets down here is that, um, that is Jesus really king? Is he really doing this anti-Jew thing and trying to disrupt their, their life and their culture? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Pilate's coming up with, well, what, what's true? And I don't know if he's just genuinely like, like, hey, you seem like you got a handle on the truth or if he's just kind of be more sarcastic, like, does it really matter? Because I just need to, I just need to appease these people right now. It doesn't matter what's true. We just need to wrap up this court case, and somebody's got to die. That's mm. basically what happens. And, well, and but he but he says it in response to Jesus's answer to his question. Pilate asks, "So are you a king?" And th- again, you already referenced it here with Annas's questions, and we see it in the way that he Jesus never just goes and gives them the answer they're looking for. Right? He never even says like yes or no. It's always just like. Mm-hmm question with a question or very cryptic or very just deep so he asks him okay so are you a king because they're saying they're bringing you here because they're saying you claim to be their king you're not their king they don't like it that's blasphemy that's why you're here that's like the charge against you is is that you're lying about this and so jesus says you say i'm a king period (laughs) actually i was born and came into the world to testify the truth all who love the truth recognize that which i say is true and then that's when Pilate's like, well, what is truth? Like, let's, I don't know. We can read into that all, all, all we want. But like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? What is truth? And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, maybe it's a moment that Jesus is, is communicating to Pilate in the depths of the, the gospel truth of what that looks like. And what is truth, he asked. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then he's like, and in that moment, he's like, yeah, you're not guilty. I know that. I don't know a lot. And I don't know what is truth, maybe, but right. you're not guilty. Right. Pilate could see that. Yeah. The Jews just wanted blood. They wanted Jesus' blood. They wanted him to just disappear because mm-hmm. they think that would solve it. But I just was curious, you know, this, this question, what is truth? It's been a question that's been around forever. Mm-hmm. And basically what a different way for me to, to hear that and say that is like what is good and what is evil? And that's been like from the get-go of the story is like, oh, God's holding out on you if you eat of this tree you're going to know like the difference between good and evil and then you'll be able to decide what is good and what is evil and god's going no that's not your role in life Mm -hmm. and that's what jesus said here's the answer to like what is truth everyone on the side of truth listens to me like yeah and again that's been a theme that john has pointed to right that jesus came full of grace and truth so jesus is full of truth and that's what he's saying like hey i'm speaking the truth and people who have heard me are hearing the truth cut and dry black and white it's not relative it's not you know gray area like it's it's truth yeah he is the truth mm-hmm. so if you're on the side with jesus there there you have found truth 
and this understanding of like, well, how do I find truth? And what's my, and then Tanner, you can have a truth and I can have a truth and everything's going to be relative and it'd be sub subjective. And then when I get older in about 10 or 20 years, I realize I was an idiot when I was 22. Mm. You know how I you said 22. That your truth wasn't the truth or. Yeah. I went 22, not 23. Cause okay, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. want you yeah. to feel like you're an idiot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah. <laughs> 23 is way different. 22. Anyways, you just get older. You're like, oh man, no, that I, I was an idiot. Or the reality of like, no, the things that I do believe today, I still believe 20 years ago, but like the depth of the reality of what that means mm, is mm -hmm. like God's faithful. I believed that when I was 23. Now that I'm 41, mm -hmm. like I can still believe God's faithful. But the reality of my experience of how faithful he's been over all of those decades mm -hmm. and what I've experienced just adds to the weightiness of that truth from my experience. God's his part, his faithfulness is always there. He's always doing his part. Like we don't have to, we don't have to fret or lose sleep any time to go. Yeah. Is God, God, is God doing his side? Is he going to do his part? Is he going to show up? Is yeah. he going to be faithful? Yeah. But how much energy do we spend on that? Thinking about that, like fretting over, like will God provide? Will He come through? Can He bail me out? Like mm -hmm. is He faithful? Will He show up? But anyone who's on Jesus' side, man, you're in the truth. You mm -hmm. know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um. Lord. And I love it that he points to Pilate, he, you know, on this, hey, are you a king thing? He goes, yep, I got a kingdom. And if it really mattered on the earthly level, Peter with his little hobbit sword and the rest of the dudes, we would have like, and then the forces from heaven, we would have rained down and we would have made things right. But he goes, no, my kingdom is from another place. And we don't, you probably shouldn't get into it today, but like when people get all jacked up about fighting for God's kingdom and it looks like a lot of earthly political thing going on, I'm like, have you not read what Jesus said about his kingdom? Like, I'm all about getting things squared away in our neighborhoods, in our counties, in our governments, but that you're not fighting for the kingdom of God to come through, uh, you know, the election of the city council. Like, I love godly people in leadership and I pray for leadership, but... Jesus said his kingdom is a little bit different than the Jews' structure and the Roman structure as far as a political coming of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so be on the side of Jesus. You'll be on the side of truth. What is truth? Yeah, with that, I think this is, um, this is something that was talked about a lot at, at Whitworth was uh, um, the ways that people interact with political figures or are running for office, blah, 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 all those kind of things to, um, they look to Jesus' prayer of when he's teaching the disciples, like, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I think a lot of people see that as um, whether they're trying to get uh, godly uh, Christian figures in politics, in leadership, all that stuff. They, they see that as their way of participating in um, bringing God's, kingdom here that that's what i think some people view that as absolutely yeah mm -hmm. and there's a there's a strong tension because people may be listening right now on either side of those statements mm -hmm. and be like fired up right now mm -hmm. and they they can't believe we're saying one thing or can't believe we're not saying the other thing and hopefully you can hear this if you're listening in is that you we have to be able to hold both of those things and it's a tension to be managed 
Because don't we want godly people leading us and guiding mm-hmm. us and making decisions that affect our family and our neighborhoods? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and the the New Testament tells us to pray for those in leadership. Yeah, right? and so should we vote for people that we feel like are more godly? I Yeah, absolutely. But, but be careful that we don't get disillusioned that the kingdom of God comes through a political figure mm-hmm. yeah. or a popular figure, mm-hmm. you know, through an entertainer or a sports figure, and somehow the kingdom of God comes that way. It's like, Jesus said, I'm going to leave and I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. And there's the, there's the kingdom of God that shows up on the planet is yeah. the people of God that are the dwelling place of God, that have the spirit of God, that are doing amazing things by loving our neighbor like Jesus loves us. That's how the kingdom of God comes. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's far greater than one person or one system, one government, or one ideology of like structure of family or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So. It, that reminds me just of how the Jewish people thought that the Messiah was going to come. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you just said, like, there's no, like, political figure or um, a, a political party or anything that's going to bring the kingdom here. But um, and that, So that's still true. The Jewish people always thought that they didn't like Jesus because it was totally the opposite of who they thought the Messiah was going to be. They thought it was going to be a, a political figure coming up out of... Um, and fighting against Rome and freeing them from their the Roman oppressors. And uh, it's interesting, since you say that and making that connection, that it seems like we're doing that same thing sometimes. We try and think that a, a political figure or someone else above us is going to be able to, to save us. Mm-hmm. When really, like, we should just be loving people. Like, if we want to bring God's kingdom here, we need to be following Jesus' commands to love people and love God. Then we'll be on the side of truth. That's, that's what brings the truth. Yeah. There you go. Well, it kind of wraps it up for today. Tanner, thanks for being here. Uh, appreciate mm-hmm. you coming. My pleasure. Um, we've got some exciting guests coming up. Ooh, we do? Yeah. So here's a tease if anybody's still listening <laughs> in on this, the old uh, podcast. Next week, we've got a national champion in the collegiate basketball world on the podcast. Ooh, I'm intrigued. How's that? National champion, collegiate I'm trying to think who you know. Who do I know that's a national champion? I know someone. College basketball field. And I, I didn't want to start. Well, we probably should have started there. Hey, who's, and then we, we've got a couple other guests. Don't have dates exactly. Should I say one might be my mom? Ooh. I don't want to put that out there. Just Your case mom? My mom. I don't, want, mom. I don't want any like extra peer pressure from others that heard she might be on the podcast. So I, I don't want to say it's my mom coming because in case she wants to not come. But you just did. So oh, so anyways, a lot of peer pressure there. That way she shows up. Uh, and another guest that could just be a bunch of chaos that we get on the <laughs> schedule. So, But anyways, uh, maybe we'll talk a little Zag basketball next week, hopefully, with a uh, national champion at the collegiate level. Na- guest national champion at the collegiate level guest. You take you know we could go a little zag number one team in the nation tanner you still need to get a little more on board with the zag basketball and basketball period still love you fully accepted you can come you know podcast anytime but you really do this is the year to okay. jump they're going to be national champions i'll so be you might I'm working wanna, on it i'm working on it i mean you might want to start at the top all okay. right sounds okay sounds good yeah yeah so Anyways, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. And again, if anything is like helpful, uh, if you got thoughts, insights, hit us up. Hit us up. Hit us up. Let us know. Let us drop know. Drop a hit, DM. Drop a DM. Send an email. Uh, whatever the case may be, uh, how we can best serve you through the podcast here. We'll see you next time. You can help people find and follow Jesus by subscribing to the podcast sharing it with some friends, and leaving a review so it's easier for others to find it.